Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. Yes, putters, welcome along. Green light on Premier Racing podcast time once again. Had the uh, the local tennis grand final in the doubles uh, last night. Uh, didn't go the way we wanted it to. We're about a sixty-five dollar outsider. Uh, got rolled, I think, two sets to four. I think it worked out to be. I won two of my three sets, so I carried the team, but uh, we didn't get the job done for those who were. Uh, wondering, not too many were about uh, tennis result in the grand final. We made it though. Uh, yeah, just a pat on the back for running second. That's all you get uh, in the local tennis. Run of the week. Well, we're just going to rip straight into this run of the week time. We are going to have a chat with uh, Danny Gibbon shortly and also Daniel Hibbard to chat about the three biggest moments of the Melbourne Cup Carnival. But speaking of big moments, I thought my run of the week last week was Bell Violin. Now, didn't win the race, stormed home, sections in the run home, absolutely out of this world. Interesting runner, and here is the second placing, which I thought was run of the week last week for, I think, the first time. It's not a winner. Bell Violin, check this one out. Racing, trending Zari was okay to begin. Better speed out from Ailey Bale, who's going to work hard to try and cross trending Zari into the first turn and does so. Out deep was Mitter's Missile, gets to third. Behind them was Wipe the Tears. Off the track then was Bell Violin, clear of well grounded and a long last blazing times. But Ailey Bale goes well. Four in front of trending Zari, trying to run it down from Bell Violin and then further back to Wipe the Tears and Mitter's Missile. But Ailey Bale's going to be too good in the last by three. Three, second in Bellawile, in third in was Trending Zari, and fourth across the line. It was just a disgustingly good run home. The winners ran home 10.45, Ailey Bale. Nobody expected that. This Greyhound's taken, I think, anywhere up to five, four to five lengths off Ailey Bale, having to go around Trending Zari in the run home, which I have clocking at 10.15, 10.21 run home, which is as good as Dinah Double One and the best Greyhounds that we've just about ever seen. So... That's Bell Violin for you, though. Very, very hard greyhound to catch. Does like to veer up the track a little bit in the run of the first corner, and again, uh, probably lost three or four lengths there. But oh, you, you just sort of wait for the stars to align, I guess, things to fall into place. And this greyhound, Bell Violin, could become a genuine star over the 600 metres, um, just needing a little bit of luck in running. But that was as big a run as I've ever seen, really, in the, uh, the finish there at Sandown Park. Thursday's preview. Well, it is Laurel's heat night at Sandown Park. Six heats of the female restricted series. Always a good series. I'm looking forward to calling the heats as well. Uh, Thursday night should be good fun there. And hopefully we can find some winners on the program. Starting with race one, I'm tipping three Mighty Moose on top for Maria Barber. Terrific speed last time. Was able to ping to the front. Uh, that was first up at Sandown Park, so I think there could be a bit of improvement uh, for the Moose, the former West Australian who Maria Barber has absolutely low flying at the moment, tipping three in race number one. Over then to race number two, well, I'm going Bell Violin. I've given him a big plug. I think the race plays well for him, given the three jumps well, because if Vanilla Bandit jumps quickly, will push to the outside. Stealth in four will also begin quickly, but push to the inside. Now, if they bump lose a little bit of momentum. I just think Bell Violin could get a nice run through at the first corner. And 
Uh, I think an each-way price here awaits us with Belvile in Gamble responsibly. Race three, I like to play nice. I think the class runner of the field. Race four, I'm going five in heat one of the laurels. That's Jackpot Joan for Glenn Dayton, who's got a small but very, very good quality kennel at the moment. Uh, needing some luck from the draw, but uh, should be strong late. Race five, heat two of the laurels. I'm going with six, your hero, Bale. We'll have a chat to uh, to Danny Gibbons in just a moment to get a little bit more of an insight from the, uh, the South Australian Oaks winner who has had a little bit of time on the sidelines of late. Race number six, I'm going three or two. Ailey Bale or Baby JC. I, I think the run of Ailey Bale was enormous last start, went to a new level. Baby JC, if she can recapture what she was doing two, three months ago, this could be a... Uh, an absolute massive clash between the two. So looking forward to that. I think the winner will come from that pair. Race seven, really keen here on number two, Guelph, uh, for the Ennis camp. Had a little bit of time away. Uh, can fire, I think, and get the job done from box number two. Can go to the front early, try and control the race, and, and from there I think it'll be mighty, mighty hard to beat Guelph. I've had a, uh, a bit of a close eye on this greyhound for some time. I think we may well have even made this one run of the week uh, in defeat early days or very close to being run of the week early days uh, when starting for the Ennis Kennel. So from box number two, heat of the laurels, this would have been a race they've targeted with uh, with Guelph for some time. It may well have been the run behind Baby JC two starts ago that, uh, that I had as close to run of the week. So yeah, look, I think she's going to be very, very hard to uh, to hold out here. And as I said, hasn't ran since the 12th of October, but the Ennis Camp would not have her here unless she is ready to win a Laurels. Race 8, I'm going 5, Kelsey Bale. Class runner of the field, just needs luck. If she gets it, she'll be picking them up one by one through that back straight. Race 9, I'm going 3, Piscopo Bale. Race 10, the Warrigal to Sandown final. Close watch on number 8, Nahalem. I'm just not sure where he's going to get to. If he had 1, 2 or 3, he'd be my on-top tip. Box eight's going to be a challenge, so I'll go one peacock on top in race number 10. Race 11, I'm tipping one salad dodger. Really tough effort in a heat of the Chief last time. The Silver Chief was a, a really good runners-up performance, having to work hard. And race 12, the last, I'm going three Alpine Butterfly. Close watch on number two, My Bonneville, who's really starting to take that next step. Hunters, hunting club. Punters, punning club time now. Race seven, number two, Guelph, $15 each way. And I'm also going to play Belvile in a nice each way price, $10 each way on race two. In fact, race two, number two, he is Belvile Good luck, happy punting, but gamble responsibly. From the broadcast box. Well, bringing back this little segment from the broadcast box and a man who said, I've done enough of the uh, the heavy lifting when it comes to calling the big races at Sandown Park and he's taken this Thursday night off and they've called me off the bench to call is Daniel Hibbard. Hibbo, can you tell me what's going on there, mate? Have you been a little bit too busy lately? No, no, I've got uh, my young <laughs> fella Patrick is uh, having his year six graduation uh, dinner on Thursday and I thought, I thought it was uh, a pretty opportune time to sort of uh, go to that uh, once in a life event for him and uh, yeah had to have the night off but uh, I'm sure you'll be able to manage for me there uh, filling the seat for the night. Well that's it mate I'll put the shoes on for the night don't worry about that. Uh, hey I wanted to get you on and just have a little bit of a discussion about uh, the top three moments you thought for the Melbourne Cup Carnival from a broadcasting perspective was it the the Melbourne Cup itself Yachi Bale the, the amazing run from Stagger Out Lee come from behind what would you you rate as the, the three biggest moments I guess over the, the Carnival of Greyhound Racing there at headquarters? Oh, certainly those are the in the top. Uh, those two are in the top three. Probably the third one is is certainly the match race. 
uh, with uh, where she's fast and Emron Boy. It's and it's probably in a way pretty hard to sort of uh, you know sort those into into an order. If anything, I reckon I I, I think Stagger Outley's performance in the uh, in the Bold Priest was just out of this world. And I know Yachty Bales was on a similar scale, but Stagger Outley was so far off them with a lap to go, and with the quality of dog. That were uh, were in front of it are just amazing that it was able to score. I mean, it, it caught everyone by surprise. I mean, it caught me by surprise. I mean, I didn't see it until the last fifteen metres when it just sort of burst uh, down the outside and and was able to score. It was just phenomenal. Like it was just um, yeah, it, it was certainly the the highlight. Yachi Bar wasn't that far behind. I mean, the, the time it ran. I mean, the sections just don't make sense that he was able to win. And the match race was just awesome, and it was just great that. Yeah, you know, wow, she's fast. Was able to jump and make it a contest, and uh, we got a we got a thriller at the end of it. Just on that, the match race. There, there is such an important place, I think, moving forward for match racing. And mate, I, I don't know if you could feel the atmosphere from in the broadcast, but I was down sort of behind the boxes, and the crowd, the atmosphere, the noise for the match race, I feel, was as big, if not bigger. Uh, than the Melbourne Cup. And the reason I think that is everybody has a bet on the race because you either go A or B, whoever it might be. Um, And in a match race with two greyhounds going head and head up the straight, everybody in that whole facility, the whole grandstand, everyone who's watching, they're all a live chance of backing a winner. And that doesn't happen in a normal race. So I I think it's such such an important thing for greyhound racing that we continue to, to run these match races, even though most of the time they're not really that good for the bookmakers, although this time they may well have got something out of it. Yeah, I mean it, the concept is really good, and particularly if you get the right uh, the right battle between the two of them. Like the the one here at uh, at Benigo on Cup night was you know it was basically a dollar ninety each of two, and you know people were still trying to work out who was going to win it, and it was a thrilling contest all the way up the straight. And we got that again uh, on Cup night. You've just got to get that right that right mix between the two dogs, and if you get it. You uh, you can get a you know it's a real highlight uh, a highlight race and again yeah it's not it's not a, a uh, it's not a race that's going to drive turnover specifically but uh, it gets uh, gets people talking about the sports get gets people interested uh, in the races and uh, it, you know it can only only drive uh, drive the sport forward and, and I think they're really really key going forward particularly on those big nights. Hundred mm, percent, mate. There's definitely a place an important place for them. As I let you go, you've been good enough to jump on just uh, prior to calling Bendigo this afternoon. Have you got anything for the punters out there at Bendigo, preferably in a later race? Uh, I'll try and get the podcast out as soon as we can. We're almost done recording, so uh, it shouldn't be far away. Have you got something for the punters out there at Bendigo we can sink our teeth into as a little bonus? Yeah, probably in the last race, uh, race 12, it's, it's 17 minutes after five. Lala Q, number three for Donna Knight, uh, gets the opportunity to get another win on the board. It's probably not going to be a real big price, but I think uh, you can sort of play around with the multis with it. So race 12, number three, the last. The barbecue, Lala Q to win the last. Good on you, Dan. Good calling, mate, today. And, uh, yeah, I'll cover you for you tomorrow. No worries, mate. It's all on me. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> Inside Info. Let's get straight into this big program of Greyhound Racing at Sandown Park. Heats of the laurels and a man who's got plenty going around is Danny Gibbons and he's a part of the podcast, a member of the family. Danny, how are you, brother? Good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, I'm going all right. A pretty big night, six in for the kennel I see here at uh, Sandown 
Thursday night. We'll go through them one by one. Obviously, the, the queen of the kennel goes around in heat five at the Laurels, and I think she's going to be very hard to beat through that series. But we'll sort of just roll through them one by one, starting with uh, race five. You've got your hero, Bale, going around. And, and I feel like this, Danny, first up from a bit of a spell, won the Oaks. Going into the Laurels, she must be doing a bit on the trial track. Um, yeah, she is going well on the trial track. She's probably still a run or two off what I'd really like, but after her box-to-box trial last week, it was really hard not to put her in it. So fingers crossed she can run out the 500 strong after having so long off. It'd give you a bit of confidence knowing that the strength she has got and she has shown in the past that you probably can get away with it, maybe being uh, get away with her being just a little bit underdone going in first up. Yeah, exactly. If I, if I didn't think she will eventually run 600. I wouldn't have thrown her straight into this 500 after the small prep she's had. But, um, yeah, a series like this and the way she ran the other wet day in a trial, it, yeah, it was very hard not to put her in it. Kelsey Bale, race eight, number five, just a, an out-and-out superstar of the sport. Uh, she's been racing top end for some time now, Danny Boy, and she comes back to the, the females classic where she looks very, very well-placed. Um, yeah, she does look well-placed. I would have loved a better box for once, but... <laughs> we'll take what we can get and just hopefully she she kind of jumps. But as you know, she's hit or miss at the start. She's been hard done by with box draws, hasn't she, Kelsey? She hasn't had much luck. <laughs> I don't think she's ever drawn a decent box in a, in a good race. Yeah. But, but yeah, it, it is what it is. And um, the best dogs win from any box, so sh- she should... She should go close. You'd be you'd be fairly confident going in to a female restricted race. Wow, she's fast. Obviously heading to the Phoenix, so not in the series. You've probably got the the runner to beat. Is there any added pressure? Do you feel going into this laurels? Um, yeah, I do feel a bit of pressure just because there's a, a lot of people say how good she is, and I, I know she's that good. It's just her start just it, it worries me from time to time. Pascopo Bale drawn box number three. Do you do you rate her a chance in that heat of the laurel? She's marked two sixty by the watchdogs, so they're fairly confident. Yeah, I think she's a really good chance. Look, she she can trial one out with Kelsey and almost keep up with her. It's just yeah. she's a little bit more hesitant in a field. But uh, how she's drawn in that race, I think she's probably our best bet, to be honest with you. Uh, you ventured down to Warrigal just recently for the heats of the Warrigal to Sandown, qualified three of the eight. You've got Throstle Bale, Vance Bale, Yamasaki Bale. Who's the best of the three, and how do you see that race playing out? Uh, I reckon Throstle will be pretty hard to beat in that race. Um yeah, the other two, maybe not much of a chance. They're a bit stronger at the end, but I think if Thrussell can get a clear run the first 20 metres, I think he'll win. Pretty keen push by the sounds of it from you, Danny Boy, that uh, Kelsey Bale's the, the runner to beat this week. You've, you're pretty confident, mate, she can go all the way and claim the laurels this year. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty confident, but I'd, I'd just be happy for one, one of the three of them to get into the final. Hey, I know we've got to let you go in a moment because you're handling at the Meadows this afternoon, but uh, can you explain what it was like to run in a Melbourne Cup with Titan Blazer and, and run such a competitive race as well? That must have been a great thrill a few weeks ago. Oh, it was awesome. It was great being there. The owner loved it. We loved it. Um, and the, the prize money for fourth is great these days, so... Yeah, it was just good to be there, and the money was just an extra bonus. Well, mate, good luck moving forward. You've got six runners tomorrow night. We're cheering for Kelsey Bale. You've marked her the best of the six, and let's get her home. Good luck tomorrow night, brother. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Well, that's it. Another shorter episode of the Greenlight on Premier Racing podcast, but we are building to a massive Phoenix edition next week. So stay tuned for that. But uh, for now, good luck and happy putting for the uh, the program at Sandown Park, heat to the laurels. I'll be calling uh, back to headquarters with a 10 by 50 binocs. Looking forward to that uh, 
Thursday night. So until then, punters, you know the drill from now. Safe travelling and happy punting for Laurel's Heat Night at Sandown Park.